It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Good Saturday morning. Really glad you are here locked in to WSB for Green and Growing. Hey, it's Ashley Frasca. You hear me uh, Monday through Friday as part of Triple Team Traffic during Atlanta's morning news. And I do a lot of show prep during the week to get ready for this show on Saturdays. And I absolutely love it. Um, Watching the news and listening to Brad Nitz just then, just a reminder, tomorrow ironically, is the 16-year anniversary of when Hurricane Katrina made landfall on the central Gulf Coast. And now, God bless the people in the Louisiana area, the Gulf region there, preparing for Hurricane Ida coming through. Um, That is strengthening. Oh, my goodness. By the time it makes landfall, it could be 140 miles an hour. Mandatory evacuations for southern Louisiana. So please keep those people in your thoughts and your prayers. That's going to be very tough as they brace for Ida here within the next 24 to 48 hours. Goodness, we will get some rain from that. You'll likely start to see that early in the week, Tuesday and Wednesday. But uh, for any storm warnings, anything related to that, keep it right here on 95.5 WSB. So as I promised, I have a guest this morning, Erica Glazner, a name that Georgia gardeners know, many books that Erica has written, TV shows that she's done, and now the community involvement and events manager at Piedmont Park. You've got quite a resume, and I'm so happy to have you, Erica. Good morning. Good morning, Ashley. It's great to be back. Um, I am, I have to say, I'm starting my day. I'm thrilled to be talking to your audience and to you and talking about gardening because, after all, it's almost September. But um, I am waiting for the uh, Organic Farmers Market to open at Freedom, which is where the Jimmy Carter Center is, that many of you may know. And if you haven't been to this farmers market, it is a blast. And I come for the vegetables. And also, if you want to grow by local, this is your chance. So check it out. Get your veggies. There's still lots of good stuff to get, lots of good produce, green beans, and some summer lettuce. And honestly, I know people are wondering, why isn't she growing all of her own food? Well, (laughs) I have lots of squirrels and chipmunks. No no judgment here. You're smart. You're very wise. (laughs) Saving yourself a lot of time and heartache. So kind of right there, Freedom Parkway, Ralph McGill, that area. Um, And you said, I mean, you get there early, Erica, and there's a line that forms. I mean, this is a big deal. I know. So everybody else come about 9 o'clock, okay? Yeah, Um, so so. you can get through. (laughs) I love it. Well, and folks, too, I mean, your best resource really is Facebook and Twitter for you to follow your local municipality. I follow downtown Woodstock and the city of Woodstock and Canton because they always share information about farmer's markets. And there's limited hours, you know, usually just contained to a Saturday morning before it gets too hot and people have other things to do throughout the day. But, Erica, I'm so glad you mentioned that because for the things we can't grow ourselves – Someone is putting just time and effort into doing that for us, and we can enjoy it. Absolutely. Yeah. I love so, it. Um, so anyway, this, can you believe, I know we, I just, you were talking about weather and hurricanes, but if, um, if we're lucky enough to escape too much rain, mm-hmm. uh, next week starts September, and for all of you that are perhaps in a similar situation to what I'm in, even though I work for Piedmont Park Conservancy and I have volunteers coming to help pull weeds and invasive plants, I, in my own garden, 
do not always get to all the weeds. I know that's a shock, but um, <laughs> the good news is that's why I mentioned September. We still have time to clean up our gardens, especially after a rain. It's a great time to weed, yeah. and I have lots of weeds, and then we can start thinking about fall planting. Yeah, wait when that ground is starting to dry out a little bit, but it's still pretty moist. You can just pluck the re- weeds right out. I'm a big fan of manual removal, too, Erica. I know it's backbreaking. A lot of us don't have the time, but that, and then I'm reminding folks, you know, refresh the mulch, too, in your beds, because that's going to be the easiest thing for you to do to really keep those weeds at bay. Um, but spring, or I mean, uh, September and fall, we talked with Walter Reeves just a little while ago, you know, about pre-emergent in the lawn and making sure you're getting ahead of the winter weeds. So there's a lot of transition, a lot of things to do. But I promise if you do them now, as the weather's starting to cool off, you will be so happy that you did come winter and spring and talk about the Piedmont Park Conservancy. We've had CEO Mark Banta on the show a number of times, too. You have such a great time there managing the volunteers. And what would Piedmont Park be if it weren't for the volunteers? That's so important. The volunteers are fantastic. We do a shout out to our operations team because they work so hard, but the volunteers can come in and help supplement. Uh, And with all the spring rains we had, I mean, maybe people forgot, but I didn't forget because every time you turn around, there's a new batch of weeds and weeds, as we know, take every opportunity. So volunteers, this this past week, I had some great groups. I had uh, a lot of people were starting back to school. So I had people from uh, the Emory Business School, the School of Public Health, and people thank me, Ashley. They oh. come in, and I have them weeding, and they say, thank you for this opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I think it's because they get to see immediate results, and a 200-acre park is always going to have a project and so i'm consulting with our director of operations Catherine. and what do you think about this area do we you know where do you need the most help so whether we're pulling invasive weeds or pruning tree limbs that are getting in the way of paths or mulching we had a lot of mulching going on this week i had some delta folks out mulching i mean Anybody can sign up to volunteer, and I have individual people that come on to try to be gardening assistants. There's a little bit more involved to that. Um, But just look, uh, they can check out volunteer at piedmontpark.org, and I'd be happy that goes right to me, and I'll be happy to tell them. Piedmontpark.org will give you the volunteer opportunities to get in with Erica's group and just summer events, things that are happening. the dog parks and the walking tours. I mean, I just love everything that this historic park has always had to offer the city of Atlanta. And I'm glad you mentioned that because even today, if you were this morning, if you decided, well, you know, I'm already up listening to Ashley and talking with Erica about gardening. If you wanted to take a historic, a free historic tour of Piedmont park, we have the best docents. They are so knowledgeable on the history of the park. And they meet at the community center, which is near 12th Street in Piedmont. And the tours are free, and they start at 10 a.m. And it's a 90-minute tour of the park and all the history of the park. Bring your walk-in shoes, folks. And I love how, like you said, people that get involved, whether it's that that are interested in the history or the volunteers that you have, Erica, people thanking you. And, And I think... 
you know, A, they see immediate results, like you said, from weeding and helping out, and they can really see the difference that they've made. But the only use I have for my phone when I'm out in the yard in the garden is just, you know, listening to music as I'm as I'm weeding or mowing or something like that. But otherwise, it is an opportunity that forces us to remove ourselves from a screen, right? We're out there. I mean, time flies. You're out there for two, two and a half, three hours before you even know it. And I really think people are grateful for that opportunity to just be in their own heads and clear, you know, themselves of all the clutter and just being outside realizing they're making a difference, but they're also enjoying the the environment around them. That's absolutely true. And the benefit you may not always think of is I tell people after they've done that for two or three hours, they don't need to work out today. They got got their free workout. (laughs) Don't feel bad about skipping a day at the gym. Gardening is a workout in and of itself. And also, you guys have had um, a longstanding relationship with Trees Atlanta. Of course, Greg Levine, we all know here as well, too. Um, Trees Atlanta, and uh, there's a program just to continue and keep up the health of the tree canopy in the park. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, that's very close to my heart. Um, Trees Atlanta works uh, throughout, you know, all the city parks and with homeowners. You can, um, you know, everybody can get into this program. And so we collaborate with them on tree plantings to keep the canopy healthy and thriving. And the great thing is, is they provide the trees for us and then we uh, plant them and then we have uh, a whole year where they're coming out with their crews to help water them and I bring in our volunteers to help plant them so the next tree planting we have is October 16th so reach out to me if you're interested in helping. Yeah, if you pop one or two one or two of those puppies in the ground, that is good practice for you to then go home and, you know, implement that in your own landscape. And fall is the best time to really start installing new trees, new shrubs, that kind of thing, because the weather just lends itself so well to giving that tree a chance to acclimate the roots to get, you know acclimated to the ground and the soil around them without the stresses of the heat and we have a little more dependable rainfall as i mentioned in the last hour in the fall so it seems you know that it's probably new trees are going to get the water that they need but that is something we need to keep up with as well or else it's all for naught right that's right fall i I, we used to it's for years we've always talked about walter and i've talked about it others fall is for planting and it's not as it's for some reason that the garden centers are still always, I guess, maybe spring. People are just excited, but fall is a great time. And you can, that's, we're talking October, November into December when mm-hmm. in, especially in Georgia. So really into early winter. And um, so, yeah, we're planting all sorts of native trees. Um, and, you know, Trees Atlanta does have um, an online sale. You can check out some unusual natives that may not be available at, uh, other local nurseries and um, most important you come out as you said you see how to plant a tree properly and then you can decide what to plant in your own garden this fall yeah oh yeah it gives you great ideas you're absolutely right you know if you like that particular species of tree and it's something that you have the room for and the environment for absolutely well i want to ask you more about that erica about native trees some ideas that folks may want um something that's not going to be a nuisance in the landscape and also can't wait to talk to you about plants for fall things that are going to bury things that are going to be showy with a lot of color i know you have your favorites and you've got great suggestions so let's take a break and check traffic and weather. I also want to talk to Jan in Milledgeville. 
a question about dwarf plants. So we'll get that answered for her as well. Stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing. It's 95.5 WSB. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Ashley. Thank you so much, Scott. All right, I've got Erica Glazner along with me. So back to that in just a moment. But first, you want to plan the weekend. It's 75 degrees right now, partly cloudy for the rest of today and tomorrow. Pretty much carbon copy, a high of around 90, lows in the 70s. Partly cloudy with a stray shower or storm possible, but really that rain we're going to start feeling from Hurricane Ida begins to move in as early as Monday evening and Tuesday morning. All right, we've got Erica on the line. So glad she's here to talk about all of the exciting uh, volunteer opportunities, things going on at Piedmont Park, and to help answer your questions as well. So I love hearing from Jan in Milledgeville. Good morning, Jan. Thanks for calling. Sure, good morning. Uh, My next-door neighbor wants to plant in his yard a dwarf Alberta spruce, and of course we live fairly south, so I think 8A for sure. And um, my question is, is, does that make sense? And how tall do they get? And sun or shade? Wow, what do you think, Erica? I don't see very many of those. That's what I thought. Yes, I would say, I would consider, if possible, might steer him towards something else. A dwarf Alberta spruce, I just don't know that it would be that long-lived, but if you were to send him to the Atlanta Botanical Garden to see some of the wonderful conifers they have there, you could get lots of ideas, because there are other... Dwarf is such a relative term. If it means (laughs) in cultivation it grows 60 to 100 foot, the dwarf could still get up to 30 foot at its mature stage, but... Um, I just think of it definitely any, most conifers, not all, but most conifers are going to want full sun and good air circulation, and that would apply to the dwarf Alberta spruce. Might be better to try that as a container plant. Oh, yeah. Um, that would be my recommendation, but you could also, you know, check out uh, your local nursery to see what dwarf, quote, dwarf varieties they have. And um, some of those, are they have a really slow growth rate, so containerizing yeah. them is a, is a fun idea as well. But, I mean, Erica, like you said, really full sun um, at least, and they require so much water, especially in the establishment phase, right? Um, yes, absolutely. When you, anything, any tree or shrub particularly that you're planting, you don't want to assume just because even when the weather starts to get cooler, that it doesn't need to be watered. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of evergreens can dry out uh, in the winter because people think, oh, it's colder, so I don't need to water. Yeah, but, yeah consistent during, moisture, during, so important. A lot of folks call about their Leland Cypress, same kind of thing, you know, browning in patches and why is this happening? And, I mean, a lot of it is so important in the establishment to really make sure it gets everything it needs so that it can continue to grow healthy. Jan, great question. Like Erica said, maybe visit Atlanta Botanical, steer towards something else. There are so many good choices out there. Um, Erica, hang tight. We're going to take a break, check news, weather, and traffic. Back with some of Erica's favorite native trees, as well as great plants for the fall. You want to get a pen and paper handy? It's Ashley Frasca and Erica Glazner. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and 
Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Back with you halfway through the show. It's Green and Growing, a garden show, a show about the outdoors, all things plants, flowers, trees, and stuff, as the guy says in the uh, intro to the show. Happy to have you along for a Saturday morning. And next weekend's Labor Day. Can you believe it? Oh, my goodness, that crept up on us fast. And uh, no one knows that better. No one is more ready for September weather than Erica Glazner and I. Uh, So glad to have her with us for the next half hour or so. Erica, how many garden books would you say you have written and been a part of? Like too many to count? (laughs) (laughs) No, I would not say too many to count. But uh, Walter, as everybody knows, Walter Reeves, he and I wrote several books together, the Georgia Gardener's Guide, um, and then we wrote Month by Month Gardening in Georgia, and then I've written a book called Proven Plants, Southern Gardens. Um, So it's, you know, I've I've probably written more articles than books, but I've certainly written a couple. The books were, I would say writing a book is a commitment. It's a big amount of time, but I'm always happy when people tell me they find anything useful. But before I forget, Ashley, I will so remiss not to say yes there are good farmers markets but there is a green market at piedmont park yes on saturday mornings you're absolutely that's right right. and matthew is our market manager and uh shout out to him but this is for the the green market for the piedmont park conservancy so you can head over there and go to the market and then go on the tour the history tour so i just did not want to neglect that because that's that's a great market as well I would love to to know the numbers of how many folks get up early on a Saturday morning. You know, I hear from some landscapers who are starting the day early. I hear from some third shift workers who are actually listening to us on the way home. But how many people like yourself are up early on a Saturday morning? You've already had your coffee. You've already read the newspaper. And by golly, you are out going to the farmer's markets because there's nothing more fun (laughs) and more appropriate in the summertime than doing that and getting that fresh produce. If you don't grow it yourself, someone's doing it for you. And I love it. Yep. And also, you know, a lot of these markets now, uh, I have no connection with any of uh, any of the vendors except to shop from them. But they offer, you know, wonderful baked breads and coffees and things. So you don't have to be like me and be in line early. But um, my coworker said, you know, she thought she might try to go to the market today, but she certainly was not going to get there as early as I do. (laughs) Yeah, for those that are just getting started this morning, it's okay. Um, It is a little (laughs) after 7.30. If you weren't up at 6 a.m. with us, it's all right. And I want to remind folks, too, they can go on wsbradio.com later in the day. Click on On Demand, and that's where you can listen to all three hours of the show uninterrupted as a podcast. Um, If you're out and about this weekend or doing things in the yard, that's a good way to carry us with you. So Erica and I, we were talking uh, in the last half hour you know, your role with the Piedmont Park Conservancy, 200 acres that we love getting volunteers involved in things and the collaboration that you all have with Trees Atlanta just to continue to replace trees that have maybe died and they help they help you all plant them and kind of maintain them for a full year, prune if necessary, make sure they stay watered. Um, and in talking about that, you know, Trees Atlanta gets their hands on and shares so many native trees that I was curious in all your time doing southern gardening and southern landscaping. What are some of your favorite native trees, the ones that folks cannot be without in their southern landscape? Well, we have to start with the oaks. The oaks are amazing. Now, those are not small trees. Those are 
pretty big trees, uh, and you've got to have some space for them. But the good thing to remember about planting trees is if you plant a 15-gallon tree, which is pretty big, and that's container-grown, it's going to be easier to transplant for a lot of people than a bald and burlap, if we've all heard about that. But the good news is they'll catch up pretty quickly. So if you're planning ahead, because when you plant a tree, you're planting for now, but also for the future. And I believe what I preach. I just planted a white oak in my side yard, kind of as a rebellion for some development going on. But that's (laughs) another story. Um, But white oaks are one of the trees that I think they're home to 500 different hosts for insects and moths and all sorts of things. So that not only are they great for you, for shade, for longevity, but they are a great pollinator plant. So oaks would be great. There's uh, white oaks, red oaks. um, And what about, I'm thinking too, a a pin oak, because that just has that really beautiful, almost like scarlet fall color as well, right? Yes, yes, there are the oaks. A lot of the oaks get some good fall color. And then uh, harder to find, but it is a native and they're wonderful and they get beautiful yellow fall color are the hickories. And they have a taproot, so again, you want to get a container-grown plant if possible. But I love hickories, and if you want to get down to smaller, what can I plant that's flowering, that's a little more interesting, I recommend our native fringe tree. Oh, yeah. And that is also called the Grancy Graybeard because it has the white fleecy flowers that are fragrant. Uh, Those are beautiful. We have lots of specimens in Piedmont Park of uh, fringe tree. That's Grancy, one of my favorites. Yeah, Grancy Graybeard. I mean, the folks that are walking in your neighborhood, you know, whether they have the stroller or the dog, that is a conversation piece. That is something that folks will stop <laughs> and look at and be like, wow, what is that? Exactly. And if you want some good companion shrubs that will start, you know, to put on their show in the fall, the beautyberry, which is our native beautyberry, Calicarpa americana, if you see that name, americana, that sort of is a clue that it's, you know, a native plant. Um, and beautiful magenta or lavender fruits that are, uh, a, again, another pollinator plant for birds and other critters in the forest or in your yard. And I guess they're edible for people, but I don't know too many people that go around eating beauty berries. Yeah. So I would rather see the stunning fruits. They cover the branches and clusters. Uh, we always, whenever fall comes around and those start coloring up, we get lots of questions in the park. And we've actually created, this is something for your readers, um, our great team, our marketing team, Amy and Stephanie, have uh there's content that I get to contribute to, fortunately, but of on our website for spring, fall, you know, things that are blooming or what's blooming and what looks good, where to see it in the park. So beautyberry is a wonderful fall plant. And then for more buried shrubs, everybody knows the hollies, but some people aren't familiar with the deciduous hollies. Mm-hmm. So those are great because they get covered mostly, they're, orange-fruited and yellow-fruited, but red fruits that cover the stems. They drop the leaves. They look great all late fall and winter, and then the birds eventually eat the fruits. But You know what's funny, Erica? I started off the show this morning with a little 
factoid that I found from Farmer's Almanac, for those of you that missed it at 6 o'clock, something about the number of fogs that we have in August may be indicative of the days of snowfall that we have. And just threw it out. I mean, I like garden lore and folklore. Some's true, some's not. And I had a caller, Mike, from up in Habersham County. He called and said he has found that to be true um, in that area right now, right there near the South Carolina border. But he also said, you know, I asked folks, what have you heard? You know, what have you heard that may ring true as, as far as indications during different seasons? And he said that his dad had always said um, in, in the fall and the wintertime, the more berries that a Burford Holly puts on, that means we're going to have a heavier, you know, snow and a, and a deeper winter. Have you heard that? I have not heard that, <laughs> but that's interesting. interesting. And all I know is uh, the weather is changing and that's real. So who knows what we'll have? I mean, it's we've certainly seen extremes Um that's another reason to think about trying to, you know, because the climate is changing, to think about native plants, not exclusively. I mean, I'm the, I love daffodils, and they're certainly not native, but they seem to do well for us uh, as far as bulbs, because this is also a great time to order and plant your spring bulbs. You order those bulbs now and plant them now which may seem counterintuitive if you haven't been a longtime gardener, but this is the best time to plant bulbs and uh, like daffodils and things. But as far as shrubs and trees, you want to try to stick to the natives or look look around at what does well in your region and try to just add one new tree or shrub or even perennial. Um, you know, there's so many wonderful things. Do you know the Carolina silverbell? No, huh? Oh, that's a beautiful spring flowering tree with white bell-shaped flowers that are fairly small, but there's lots of them. We have some beautiful specimens of that in the park as you come out of the parking garage onto what they call the Welcome Plaza, and you look to the left, there's beautiful specimens of Carolina Silverbell that lead up to what we call the promenade. Um, so just think about trying something different. Dogwoods are, are great, but you got to make sure you put them in the right habitat. They don't want to be getting dried out on a regular basis, and you want to look for some of the cultivars that are a little bit more resistant to some of the problems that dogwoods can get. Yeah, kusa is one popular one. You think of um, dogwoods, you know, as more of an understory tree. So like you were mentioning, maybe, Erica, the big oaks and things like that, um, having a dogwood there kind of at the periphery and at the border where you're actually able to enjoy it, but it gets a little bit of the shade from something taller. Um, and they bury. They're so beautiful, of course. We all know the, the flower of a dogwood, but they bury. And you talking about beauty berry, which I love that idea. Now, let me ask you if this is a native, because this, thinking about fall color, right? I mean, I'm so amped up about that. We're going to talk to Pike Nursery in less than 45 minutes about some fall color, but kaleidoscope abelia. Kaleidoscope abelia. Nope, that's not a native. Oh, it's but so pretty. I, I, it is pretty. I mean, just be cautious of, you know, where you plant things, uh, because sometimes they can spread or um, be you know, very successful. So we want, we want plants that are, um, you know, aggressive. I mean, we all know about the dangers of plants like kudzu and um, 
you know, English ivy. Mm-hmm. I put the big X on the English ivy. No English ivy unless it's surrounded by cement. Yeah, that's my your neighbors will hate you forever if you if you well, put that in. yeah, and bamboo. You're going to be if you're growing bamboo, you're probably not going to. Your neighbors are not going to be so happy. No, and when you go to sell the house, that's that's not going to be good for resale either. Well, Erica, let's see if we can sneak one call in here uh, very quickly. We have about a minute and a half before we go to break. My friend DJ calling from Decatur. Good morning, sir. Uh, good morning. All right, what's your just, question? I, I was looking for maybe a nice border tree for my yard, my neighbor. I was think arborvitae or um, Leland cypress, do you think those would be good? Now, what are you looking to accomplish, height and just filling in for privacy? No, no, no not much height, just okay. fill in for privacy, yes, ma'am. Okay. Erica, what are your thoughts? Well, if you're, tra- you're looking for an evergreen, is that right, screening? Uh, yes, ma'am. Okay. Um, well, both the Leyland cypress and the arborvitae are going to get very tall pretty quickly. So if you are, if you don't need it to get too tall, you might want to think more about uh, an evergreen holly yeah. or uh, tea olive is a plant that I really like. Um, and it has, it's evergreen foliage, pretty easy to grow, and it's, it has tiny, tiny, but lovely fragrant flowers so tea olive is a good one um there's also the um anise Mm -hmm. do you have any shade or is it full sun uh it's a little shade yes ma'am oh good okay well then alyssium or anise um you, you could go and check that out at your local nursery they're bound to have it that has a nice um this has sort of an olive green, evergreen foliage, and that would do very well for you and grow pretty quickly, but you'd be able to manage it as, as opposed to a large tree. Good suggestions. And we like to consider things that flower as well. As you're talking to Erica, and I've echoed on the show almost weekly, you know, attracting pollinators, at least a tea olive is going to have a fragrance, it's going to have a flower, just maybe getting away from the evergreens, you know, and like you said, if, if it's not necessary for height, have something with a little more depth, a little more interest. DJ, great question. Thank you so much. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up with Erica Glazner, my guest, and maybe have time for Dan and Roswell, a question about watering pampas grass. So uh, your calls will continue. 404-872-0750. It's Ashley Frasca and Green and Growing on WSB. Temperatures slowly creeping up now, 76 degrees in Midtown Atlanta. Today and tomorrow, your weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Partly cloudy, only a 10% chance for a stray shower. High of around 90, low around 70 degrees. Your full forecast coming up in 10 minutes. Green, green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. So what I'd like to do now is give you two of my three, top three, and I'm going to let my guest Erica Glazner come up with number three timely things to do in the landscape this weekend, especially uh, start pulling the English ivy out of the trees, away from the base, careful using a weed eater, though. You don't want to damage the the bark and the cambium layer of the tree, but, you know, that acts like a sail in the thunderstorm, just blowing around. You don't want the trees to get blown over from the weight of English ivy, not to mention it's just unsightly. Um, Number two, make a slug trap. This was recommended by Walter, a small board raised about an inch off the ground by small stones. They'll climb underneath and enjoy that cool shade and then check it around lunchtime, scrape them into a bucket of soapy water, remove the slugs, put them somewhere else, and also kind of eliminate the breeding sites, right? English ivy, where it stays damp and shady, you may want to thin that out or remove uh, rocks and bricks and things from the ground. And Erica, if you were out in the 
garden this weekend, what would be your number three? Um, I think sort of following up the English ivy, I just wanted to mention one fun thing about that is if you cut those big, sometimes it's way up high in the tree and you think I'll never get it out. Mm -hmm. But as you know, Ashley, if you cut the vines at the base and and just let them die, then they're much easier to pull out. True. So, oh, and that's so rewarding. Uh, There's nothing like pulling just a long strand of ivy. <laughs> that's true. But I would um, be cutting back, if you've got perennials that were blooming um, in the spring or fall, I mean, I'm sorry, summer, and you have yet to cut them back, and I don't mean to the ground or anything, but just deadheading mm -hmm those dried up uh, flower heads or even seed heads, this is a good time to start doing that because you reduce the chance of any spores dropping to the ground and overwintering and possibly being a place for insects or pest problems. Good advice too. and tidying things too. up a little bit. Well, Erica Glazner, Community yeah. Involvement and Events Manager at Piedmont Park and the Piedmont Park Conservancy. How can folks find out more and how to meet you and volunteer with the park? Just shoot an email to volunteer at piedmontpark.org and be sure to check our website out at piedmontpark.org and you can see all the things we do. And um, another fun thing that I didn't mention earlier was we have a group of members uh, that's how we we have to have members to help support the right. Conservancy. We're, we're a nonprofit, but you could check out our young professional group. It's a really fun group of people. They're young members that support the Conservancy. Yes. Um, and then they come out about once a month for okay. a project. Erica, Lots of friend, thank you so much for the hour you gave us this morning, and I look forward to having you back. Thank you. Have a good time at the farmer's market. <laughs> thank you. i got to get in line. Okay, <laughs> bye. Y'all right. make way for Erica. Thank you so much. We'll be back. You're listening to WSB. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.